It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Should criminal justice reforms begin in prison or in the courtroom? And AAA says this many people drove high in just the last 30 days. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. It is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Wednesday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. You can also get a hold of us via email at our website, 610KONA.com, bottom line page. What your name is, where you're listening, what you'd like to say, and also on Twitter at bottom line six ten. Robin Ed hanging with you, and Ed. Earlier today, Congress decided they were going to hop into a DeLorean and revisit a discussion that has been had on Capitol Hill every fifteen years or so, maybe a little bit longer, and. It always sparks interest because it deals with a topic, or I should say, it deals with 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 it deals with reparations, and specifically reparations for one group of people, and that is descendants of slaves that were brought to the United States. Um, in the 17 and 1800s and trying to put that final exclamation mark on slavery. It's been hotly debated. There are those on one side of the argument that says, well, you know, nothing was ever done to rectify the situation, and a monetary payment is the only way to do it. On the other side, others say, um, how could you even begin to figure out who gets a check? And then how do you even figure out who's going to pay that check? And how do you figure out the amount of money overall that's going to get paid out? There are estimates into the trillions of dollars that it would cost the federal government if they were to to cut a check. Well, you said it. I think Everyone knows who they want to pay. It would just be the federal government. Right. It would be the federal government who would pay. But it also comes down to the question of if you really want to boil it down, would it have been the federal, would it or should it be the federal government's responsibility? And the reason why I say that is this we did have a secession. Mm-hmm. And all of the states that did have or wanted to continue the slave trade all went in one direction. That was the Confederate States of America. Those that either did away with slavery on their own or were moving to have slavery banned as a nation all went in the other direction and stayed as the United States of America, or referred to as the Union. 
So if the federal government was making moves to move away from it, and, of course, Abraham Lincoln gave the Emancipation Proclamation, was a huge anti, was a huge proponent of, of, of doing away with slavery, should the federal government be on the hook when it was the Confederate States of America who wanted to continue the trade, lost the Civil War, and as a result, slavery was outlawed in the United States of America? All true, but... The only source of such a massive amount of money is the federal government, uh, and none, I shouldn't say none, very few uh, of the descendants of the slave owners are even still alive. Um, There aren't any. There's no one that traces immediately back to them. Not immediately back. I'm sure that there's a number of them, but... Why are we talking about money? Well, because the the whole notion that slave owners got paid money after slavery was abolished. It was uh, it was called the compensation uh, emancipation or compensated emancipation, where slave owners got money from the government because of the quote unquote property that they lost. Right. It seems only fair in some eyes, that money be paid in the other direction. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, fellas. This is Chris from Richland. What's up, Chris? Can I throw a few or a couple of least historical facts into this thing? Go right ahead, man. Okay. Less than 5% of slaves came to the United States specifically. More than 80% went to South America, specifically 50% plus went to Brazil alone. If anybody should be paying out or doling out any money, maybe they should talk to some of these South American countries. It, it just, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Nobody even looks into the facts of history anymore. The slaves, where did slaves come from? One black tribe conquering another black tribe. They sold up to black slave traders then funneled them to the white trades in the Caribbean. I mean, that's where it all happened. That's what I got to say. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Chris. The Dutch were very prominent in the slave trade as far as transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought a number um, of, as Chris mentioned, those that were were captured as a result of uh, warring tribes in Africa the Dutch moved a lot of those over into North America, South America, uh, and around the globe. They were the primary vessels that were used. Uh, and then the Dutch would then resell those individuals when they would go to whatever lands we're looking to acquire. The other thing that the other factual thing that that we should point out in this is the United States was the last country to get involved in the slave trade and the first country to get out of it. Yeah, you know, one of the biggest players was England, the United Kingdom. Huge. Australia was big. Mm -hmm. New Zealand was big. South America was big, as as Chris alluded to. Um, But here's the other thing with this. In order to be able to really bear with that, and the reason why it came up again today is, is Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee has put legislation forward to, again, address reparations. Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey has put something forward as well in in the Senate. You would have to go back 
and try to trace the first arrivals of slaves into the United States, and then the last arrivals, break all that down and figure out what genealogical lines still exist from there, break out how anyone that came into the United States after the Emancipation Proclamation came in as free individuals. So the percentage of those who would actually legitimately be eligible would be significantly smaller than the amount of money that they're talking about allocating at the congressional level. You know who stands to make a lot of money is Ancestry.com. Oh, yeah. they We could figure that out really quick. We'll all just, uh, you know, send a saliva sample to them. Let's uh, go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, fellas. It's Mike. I'm tuning a little late. Uh, school's out, so I don't catch you at a normal time. <laughs> you're, you're forgiven, oh. Mike. So uh, I only get 73 days off, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> there's... I don't know if it's been brought up because, like I said, too late, but if you go back to Babylonian, Roman, all those days, the the, uh, the number of slaves, white slaves that worked around the castle, whatever, were in the millions. How are you going to get reparations for that? Well, well, they're not interested in reparations for that. Well, they're, it, they're interested in reparations for African-Americans who were brought here to this country and— uh, you know, that's uh, and again, we'll, we'll dive into why now also in just a moment. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Randy calling from Palestine. Hi, Randy. What's up? What's uh, on your mind, Randy? Well, we lost Randy. Five, four, seven, one, six, ten. Because I was asking that question, too. Why is everybody talking about reparations today? So I did a little research uh, and found out that today is uh, designated Juneteenth. It is it is designated as the uh, emancipation uh, day of celebration, even though it's not a national holiday. It's one that's designated in, in remembrance. And that's why you have um, lawmakers coming out and floating these ideas again. On this day. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Dave in Pasco. Hi, Dave. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to correct uh, first in, first out of the slave trade. Uh, England got out in 1833, and we got out in 1865. So We got out uh, second. They paid us yeah. a few years. We got in last. We got out second. Okay. Appreciate the call. Uh, in which in the UK they are calling it's a movement there too about yes. reparations in the UK. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Mary from Kennewick. Hi, Mary. What it appears the bottom on the bottom line is that Democrats feel a little guilty and they want reparations because they feel guilty about the Jim Crow and Ku Klux Klan and some of the other stuff. And so they think, so I think that if they want reparations, that's fine. They can pay for it out of their monies that they have in their Democrat Party. And then they can feel good again. Well, there you go. Appreciate the call. You know, Mary brings up an excellent point. Um, Most people don't look at history anymore. Um, A lot of Democrats were slave owners. But, you know, that kind of 
floats under the radar nowadays. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Earl from Kennewick. Earl, what's on your mind? Hey, I, I think part of the discussion has been missed. You keep talking about who's going to get it, who's going to pay. The first question I've got is why? Did anybody currently alive own slaves? And do the people who think they're entitled to this reparation, were they owned? Why the heck are we even talking about it? Because once again, Earl, Congress has legislation in front of it to deal with the situation. Now, there's another piece. There's a couple. Appreciate other, the call, Earl. Yeah, absolutely, Earl. Thanks for the call. Here's a couple other pieces to throw into this as well. For those that are in in favor of reparations, they point to the fact that those that were interned in the Japanese camps during World War II received each surviving victim received twenty thousand dollars from the United States government after President Reagan signed the Civil Liberties Act in 1988. There were more than 100,000 people that got paid by the federal government. That was a little bit different. And the only reason why is because many of those people that were interned were American citizens that were of Japanese descent. Right. There are others that turn around and say, well, if you're going to give reparations to black descendants of slaves, what about the Chinese descendants? What about the Irish descendants? Because they were also used to slave labor as well in the United States. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Linda from Kennewick. Hi, Linda. What's up your, uh, on your mind? <laughs> I, um, I want to tell you that during the reparations part for the Japanese Americans, there is, there is a, state, there is a um, rule or whatever you want to call it in that uh, reparation that only those who physically were interned were given reparations. Yes. In other words, you you couldn't have two or three generations down the line expecting to have reparations because they never were in camp in the first place. Yes, it was only the people that were interned that that were still alive in 1988. So it wasn't your deceased father was interned, we're going to give your family a check. You had to have been interned. You had to have still been living in 1988. Then you got a check from the the, the federal government. Now, 100,000 people were given checks. That tells you how... uh, That's just the survivors. So you go back and look at actually how many people that were American citizens of Japanese descent were interred. There were a heck of a lot more than that. Back with more on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 k after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the Bottom Lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the Bottom Line, presented by McCary Meets in Basin City. 547-1610, if you'd like to join the conversation, 509-547-1610. Talking about the renewed debate over whether or not uh, reparations should be paid uh, for slaves in the United States. Uh, this falls on today, Juneteenth, which is uh, recognized as a day of remembrance uh, for the end of slavery. And as you can imagine, many people are lining up in favor and against this, but that's why we're talking about it today. And it should be noted uh, I think you said she, it was uh, Sheila Jackson, Representative uh, Sheila Jackson, yeah. that uh, has been doing uh, introducing this bill uh, 
bef- uh, you know, the last couple of years. Before that, uh, people may remember Representative John Coiner or Conyers, excuse me, Conyers, uh, who had House Resolution 40 uh, that every year he would try to get that passed, getting reparations. And he started that in 1989 until his resignation in 2017. Uh, but it would create a commission to study the impact uh, of slavery and reparations. But uh, he didn't ever get to see it through because he resigned. Five four seven one six ten is the number. But that's why we're talking about today. It's um, new bill. It, correct. Yes. New, new bill from Chilla Jackson Lee. Yes. One in the Senate that's similar from Senator Cory Booker, who just happens to be running for president. Um, and it's a conversation. I mean, I can remember the first time this was being discussed in, in the 80s. And it was before the the reparations that were awarded to those that were interned, the survivors uh, that were interned in the Japanese camps during World War II. Um, this was discussed as part of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not an, it's not a new topic, but every once in a while, a piece of legislation comes up into Congress where they review this again, and every time the price tag gets bigger. Well, and this time around, obviously, you know, Democrats want to make it a an election year topic. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michelle, I'm calling from Kennewick. Hi, Michelle. What's up? Um, I understand giving the payments to... Um, you know, the people that were, you know, still alive, you know, from the Chinese. But, but this is but this is ridiculous, okay? None of these people are still alive that were ever used as, as slaves. I think that we should always remember what happened. I think it's very important if you don't remember what bad things that happened in your past, you're doomed to repeat them. I think we should always remember. I think it was a horrible thing that we had slavery, but... We don't owe anybody anything for that other than to not repeat it. Appreciate the call. Let's go to this line. Uh, we're up against uh, the clock, but we'll squeeze one more in. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Dan from Prosser. Hi, Dan. you got about a minute or so. Go ahead. Perfect. Um, I'm from Irish descent. I'm pretty sure none of my ancestors were wealthy enough to actually own slaves. And we forget the fact that there were many slave owners out there that rescued people from slavery and gave them a good life because, and they did what they could, kind of like Schindler did for, you know, some Jewish people. And it doesn't mean all the Germans were, that were, that were Nazis that were bad either. It's, it, it, it's something that happened that was a, that was, that was bad in some slave owners, the way they treated people, but not everybody was like that. So if they want a reparation from the federal government, who pays for that? All of us people that had never owned slaves and, and think it was an awful thing would be charged for it. It doesn't make sense. Well, well and the other thing, too, Dan, you're of Irish descent. There were a lot of Irish that were that were forced into slavery as well. That's right. And the railroads were built by the Chinese and the Irish. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's, there's arguments all around. But to Dan's point, my family wasn't here. Either side of my family wasn't here during slavery. So do I have to pay? Well, in the perfect socialist world, yes. <laughs> More wait, of the wait there's a perfect socialist world? Well, for some, I suppose. More after this. 
Now back to the bottom line, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Bottom line is Radio 610 K&A. Welcome back to the program Wednesday afternoon. If you are out and about, looking around, you happen to drive by something, drive by a house with a for sale sign, looks really nice, gosh, you know, maybe you're thinking about relocating. Well, if you're doing that, if you're thinking about relocating or you're planning it and you've been in the process for a while and trying to figure out who's the right person to help, contact Jennifer Mons at Windermere Real Estate. Go to her website, jennifermons.com. It's M-O-N-D-S.com. Check out the listings that Jennifer has. You never know what you're going to find. Not just through the website, but checking around as well. Uh, Jennifer has had a ton of experience, not just in real estate, coming from a real estate family, but also in the moving process. You have any questions at all, wondering whether it's the right time, contact Jennifer Mons today at jennifermonds.com, M-O-N-D-S, Jennifer Mons with Windermere Real Estate. Got an email from Dean in Kennewick. Dean writes on our topic of uh, whether or not reparations should be paid to African-American slaves or their descendants or something. Dean writes, uh, none of my ancestors who were killed or seriously injured while fighting on the Union side of the Civil War were allocated compensation. Those who were still in service at the end were turned loose wherever they were at the time and had to make their own way back home. Appreciate the email, Dean. If you'd like to uh, send us an email, it's easy. Just go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. And, you know, the only thing with that is I don't know any uh, anyone that was compensated for a loss of life in a conflict. No. No, I see his point, though. I, I understand his point. I, 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 I get the correlation he's trying to make. Mm-hmm. Um but see, here's the other thing, too, with this, and and that is what a lot of people forget in the, in this discussion is that there were there were opportunities that were provided after the Civil War for those slaves that were now freed to be able to maintain some aspect of life that they were familiar with, not being a slave, but having the opportunity to purchase land mm-hmm. or co-op land, be able to continue so that their whole life wasn't completely upbalanced, but what they were able to work off that land, they were able to keep. It was called sharecropping. Mm-hmm. They had the opportunity to begin to build something on their own for their families, for other individuals that were there, and there were a lot of former slaves that went into sharecropping. Those that went up north had a much harder time because... As much as the North said, we want to free you, well, they, were, they weren't providing opportunities. No. So you saw a lot, especially those that enlisted with the Union Army, had a much harder time because, thanks, but you, you're on your own. We, we don't have any land to sell. We don't, you know. And, and, well, and, and, and a lot of, and a lot of, you know, a lot of those... Mostly men were already freed. So right. what are you, you going to? What are you going to? And the other end of the equation too was, let's face it, the North was just as racist as the South. True. So there were people up in New York that treated them as bad, if not worse, than the slave owners of the South. Mm-hmm. Um, 
good luck getting the time of day in New York City if you were a freed slave. So the, the, the culture at the time and the environment at the time was not conducive no matter what side of the Mason-Dixon line you were on. Um, many found a way to create a life for themselves and prosper. Um, not to mention, not every black person that was in the country during the slave days was a slave. There were free men that were in the United States at that point in Mm -hmm. time. Sure. So do their descendants get reparations if their relatives were not enslaved? Well, no. Okay, well, how do you figure that part out? Well, and and that's the the biggest point uh, to all this is, uh, look, this is clearly a political topic in a presidential cycle. It gives uh, some of the candidates something to banter and bicker over. Uh, When it comes right down to it, it will never pass because there will, like we've heard from us and many of our callers, how in the world do you even start to figure out where the money comes from and who gets it? I think one of our earlier callers hit it right on the head. The best thing we can do as a country is to Remember, celebrate the emancipation, and never forget, because if, you know, as soon as you re- you forget, you're doomed to repeat it. And that, to me, at this point, you know, if you want to talk about reparations right after the war ended, fine, that, that, that ship has sailed. But today, in today's world, the best thing we can do is... Not do it again. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up? All right. Uh, Ryan from Kennewick. Uh, great topic. I wanted to say that uh, obviously this is never going to go anywhere. Uh, what should happen, though, I'm more interested in uh, slavery today. You have uh, 25% of people who live in the uh, country of Mauritania, which is uh, in northern Africa, are currently slaves. You have um, a lot of um, black folks who are in prison for nonviolent drug offenses that are created by our terrible war on drugs. Um, and, uh, and by the way, black people and white people have the same use of drugs where, across the board, but black people are 70 percent more likely to go to prison. Those are real things that we can solve, criminal justice reform-wise, that would actually help people rather than some pipe dream, you know, cash payment system. It's never going to happen. Appreciate the call. That's a good take. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's a good take. Yeah, I mean, it, look, there's there is still slavery over a lot part, you know, a lot of parts of the world. And <laughs> not to not to diverge into another topic, but you could certainly make the argument that a good chunk of Americans are enslaved, whether it be drug addiction, like our caller mentioned, uh, whether it be debt, uh, any number of things that, you know, you can make an argument that slavery is happening in the U.S. now. I know that's that's might be a little bit of a stretch for some people, but the the, the bottom line is the point is that he's right. This is not going to go anywhere. This is a talking point. This is this is something 
you know, and and I guess if if both sides agree that that nothing is ever going to no payments are actually going to be made. If we want to have the, the discussion every year on June 19th about how not to repeat slavery. OK, fine. Let, great. Let's you know, I think most just about everybody can agree that slavery was bad and we don't want to do that again. So let's keep from doing that and just abandon this idea of any kind of cash payments. One of the things that the caller alluded to, which I think is interesting, which to me circles this back to what it's really about. It's it's not really about justice. It's not really about righting a wrong. It's about money. Because if they really cared about slavery, they would be addressing the issues of slavery that exist in many other parts of the world because it's still in practice today in a lot of countries, particularly still in practice in Africa. So if there really was a concern about slavery itself, they would actually be doing something to try and address slavery through international actions, not just letting Amnesty International take the front lines and be leading the charge or human rights groups put out talking points they would actually be doing something to try and end the tide of slavery. But no, it's just, just about money. That's well, all this is, is about money. And, and and I think that there's something to the idea that that this is another layer of victimization, that it likes to be pushed by, again, the same people that are proponents of socialism also are pushing the, the narrative that everybody is a victim. So you get enough of those people talking and enough – Americans thinking that they are victims of something, then pretty soon it's easy to make the jump to, well, the government will help make it better. And that's what a lot of people nowadays want to do. And and so long as you're a victim, don't worry, Big Brother will take care of you. The other part that makes this incredibly difficult, and not just when you're talking about Blacks that were enslaved, but Chinese that were enslaved, Irish that were enslaved. There are two groups that have received reparations by the United States government that were harmed by the United States government. Mm -hmm. Japanese Americans. Yes. And Native Americans. Yes. And they didn't get money. They got land. But here's the thing. This is something else to keep in mind. The land was because, well, they're called Native Americans. So, therefore, there was the the ability to prove that land that they had inhabited had been taken from them mm-hmm. here yeah, in the United people, States. Their people, their ancestors exactly. had occupied this land, yes. Japanese Americans, keyword there, Americans, mm-hmm. were compensated if they survived the internment camps. Not Japanese spies, not Japanese nationals, not in... Japanese Americans yeah. that were citizens of the United States because they were American citizens that were wronged by the U.S. government. The other groups that come into the discussion for reparations, it's much harder to turn around and be able to come up with any type of payment because they were not American citizens. They did not own property here. They did not own land here. So how do you figure out an appropriate means to try and make good other than your freedom. Now, could you have said, okay, you could have a, if you want to go back to whatever country it was that you were brought here from, 
We'll get you a ticket. We'll figure out transportation. We could have done that, but I don't think the foresight was there in the 1860s when it was all said and done. Or the early 1900s with the railroads. Or the bottom line for this. Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now, back to the show. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. Bottom line is Radio 610 K185471610. Found a few minutes here in the first hour of the program discussing the revisitation of reparations. It's a platform piece for 15, 15 of the Democratic individuals vying for their party's primary or their, their party's nomination. 15 of them have reparations as part of their platform. Um, it's about two-thirds. It's quite a bit. Yeah. Easily. Um, you know, it's a nice talking point. Yeah. Um, it's a nice way to get, yeah. But the majority of Americans don't support reparations. Again, not at this point. The majority of Americans do not support. Even the majority of Democrats don't support reparations. In fact, there was a poll that came out recently, I think it was in the last day or two regarding this, that said over 60% of Americans don't support reparations and that 54% of Democrats don't support reparations. Um, 38% would vote for a candidate who did support reparations. That's Those aren't overwhelming numbers. No, no. And, and you're... This is also the other part of the problem. We have been trying for so many years to get to a point where we look at everyone the same way, where we treat everyone the same way, where everybody truly does have the same opportunity. Now, look, is that a utopia? Yeah, it is, because there are still a lot of jerks out there that don't want to view things that way. But the opportunity to achieve the American dream exists for everyone. We've seen many people from all different walks of life achieve tremendous success in the United States of America because that is what the American dream stands for. Because you came from a different background or because the color of your skin is different doesn't mean that opportunity doesn't exist. All you have to do is look at the story of Frederick Douglass, who escaped slavery, became one of the greatest orators of his time, died a free man, and yet, through the course of his life, was willing to sit down and talk to an individual who owned slaves about the topic of slavery without any kind of malice, because the goal for him was to discuss the issue and reach across. What we're doing with reparations, we're not discussing the issue and reaching across. We're creating a larger divide. We're creating a much bigger divide. Because you're talking about whittling out a particular group of people and saying, you're owed this for something that you weren't anywhere close to being even thought of when it happened. And there's no one left alive from that era to be able to validate or dispute Anything that occurred. All we have are the books to go back and look on. 
So you're talking about creating a divide because then you've got others that were enslaved as well that won't be getting anything. One of the the notions that some people may be thinking out there uh, was vocalized, uh, I don't believe it was today, I believe it was yesterday, um, or earlier today, uh, from one Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell was quoted as saying, I don't think reparations for something that happened 150 years ago for whom none us, uh, none of us currently living are responsible is a good idea. He went on to say, we've tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war, by passing landmark civil rights legislation. We elected an African-American president, end of quote. And whether, you know, people want to say, well, Obama was reparations enough. I don't know if that's necessarily a fair statement, but it shouldn't be overlooked either. Obama was not a slave. I mean, he he didn't like no. rise from obscurity. Well, he did kind of rise from obscurity, but Hillary's expense, by the way. Right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, he wasn't an impoverished, uh, you know, immigrant who became president. But he was the first African American president. And, you know, you mentioned Frederick Douglass. That was where my mind went. Was well, Obama. I mean, uh, that's something into the discussion, right? There's been a lot that's. Uh, I mean. We have made more progress than people want to give us credit for as a country. That's true. In regards true. to this issue. That, that, I, that is true. There are some people that will never let it go. There are some people that will never look at trying to heal the divide because for them it is a way to uh, continue to have chaos. Yes. Continue to make money. Yes. Uh, continue to create strife. There are those that simply can't accept the fact that we have made progress. And if they stop, then they look back. And they said, look at all the opportunities that exist. Look at all the things that are out there. Look at all the ways that African-Americans have been able to advance and create great lives for themselves and their families in the United States of America. And yet we continue to hear this argument that, well, we're owed something for this or there's there's oppression here and persecution here and this and this and yeah in some places there are because again not everybody has an open mind not everybody is ability to has the ability to look past what someone looks like on the outside and figure out who they are on the inside but thankfully there are a heck of a lot more people that can because if there weren't we wouldn't have as many people from different backgrounds achieving success in, in the United States that we have, probably more so than any other country in the world. And again, let us not forget, victimization is a wonderful business. There are many people in this country who are becoming rich off of victimization. And the longer you can be a victim, the richer they become. Absolutely. That's all for hour number one. Don't go anywhere, though. We have more of The Bottom Line, the area's only live local call-in talk show. Around Around the corner, our poll question for the day, as well as the results from yesterday's poll question. At Bottom Line 610, you can get involved on Twitter via email, our webpage, 610kona.com, and always by phone, 547-1610. 